This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger at WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And make sure to download the SGPN app for your home for all our free picks and podcasts. All right, DJs, welcome back to the Golf Gaming Podcast. So if you're hearing my voice doing the ad reads, that means I am writing solo, I think, for like the eighth consecutive preview uh, on Sunday. Uh, Boston Capper's schedule and I has just not really matched um, on Sundays for the last couple months, um, usually because I've been sick or I've been traveling. He's been traveling. Uh, I think this time, though, he's in mourning because of Keegan Bradley and what happened to the Wells Fargo Championship. But... Uh, we'll get to that a little bit, but yeah, it's it's going to be me tonight. Uh, we'll go over a little bit about what happened with the Wells Fargo. I had a really good week, but uh, it's a little bittersweet. Um, and then we'll go over with Byron Nelson and kind of what I think about it. And I'm just going to be perfectly honest with the uh, the listeners. Um, I'm struggling this week. I'm struggling kind of get a little bit of a gauge as far as how to handicap the 2022 Byron Nelson, even though we have a full year's worth of data about what happened last year. But I'll get into that. Uh, first, let's talk about... Uh, the Wells Fargo real quick. So if you guys have been following me for a while, um, for the last year, my pick's been good. You know, I, I've nailed, you know, a few outrights here and there too, but I've had a lot of runner-up finishes. And especially my pre-tournament calls. And I think coming into this week, I had three straight. I had uh, Rory at the Masters, finished second. I had Patrick Cantlay at Heritage, uh, lost to the playoff. I had Tony Finau at Mexico Open, finished second. Um, and true to form, I had another betting card they put out this week with not just one, but two guys who finished the second. Uh, I bet Matthew Fitzpatrick and Keegan uh, Bradley um, pre tournament. Uh, Fitzpatrick never really had a chance to win. He was lingering all weekend long. Um, he putted really well. He hit the ball okay. Uh, but I don't know. Like, it just. He had opportunities. There was definitely some chances he had to make some birdies coming down the stretch. And I mean, Homa and Bradley, they weren't running away with the thing. Um, that's disappointing. Uh, I think I actually called pre-tournament that uh, he was going to one and done pick and he was going to finish second and he finished second. That's pretty good, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, maybe they should start offering uh, runner-up uh, props for uh, outrights instead of just betting for the win because I'm very good at doing that, apparently. I, I want to talk about Keegan, though, and Really disappointing. Uh, I talked my co-host into betting Keegan Bradley uh, at, I think, 37 to 1 uh, pre-tournament. He had some FOMO because not only was I betting him, but our guest, uh, John Hasbauer, he also bet him too. Uh, and so our my co-host went in on the Keegan train, and I think he might be done. Based on some conversation I've been having with him, uh, I don't think betting on Keegan is good for his health. Um, Keegan should have won this tournament. I mean, if you're telling me that if you told me before a tournament that Keegan Bradley would gain almost 10 strokes putting uh, during the tournament, I would have asked how many shots he win by six or seven, because I just would have thought that his ball striking would have been great. Um, it wasn't his iron play wasn't very good this week. I'm not really sure what happened. He lost strokes in round one. Um, he lost a billion strokes with his irons today. It's really inexcusable. So he found himself in really good positions off the tee, but he gained all four days. Like Keegan should have won this tournament. And the fact he didn't is really, really, really frustrating. 
uh, especially someone who bet in pre-tournament. Now, I say this term was bittersweet for me because uh, if you guys rewind to uh, Tuesday, um, my big short was Max Homa. And I looked at his Bankrass course history. I looked at some other comp courses to TBC Potomac that I de- identified. And I just said, hey, he had been very good. And well, that was an awful, awful, awful call. Uh, and I knew it from the gate. Uh, he hit the ball really good on Thursday. And I knew just at that point my my shorting of him was incorrect. I, I should not have done that. So I ended up jumping on him at 20 to 1 on Friday. Um, I think after Jason Day in the morning um, got it up to 10 under, I think Homa was like seven back at that point. And I'm just like, all right, well, you know, he hit the ball pretty good yesterday. Why not? So uh, glad I did that. Glad I didn't stay stubborn with my take uh, because that up actually, I, I turned a pretty good week for me. Um, I nailed a, a bunch of positionals to two and one of my preterm matchups as well. I turned a pretty good week in, into a great week. Uh, and it ended up being really nice to get uh, some cash in my account before the PJ Championship uh, and some cash in my account before this tournament, which I'm not really sure how it's going to go for a lot of reasons I'll explain later. Um, a couple other things, too. Um, I had a take about Cam Young, and I thought there was some group think about him uh, before a tournament as far as, well, he grew up on bent grass. He should be fine. And it seemed like everybody was making that take. Well, it's not that I hate the player. I think he's a talented player, but I just thought that whenever you have a kind of a made-up narrative like that, <laughs> that it just comes from, you know, just the minds of us golf degenerates. I understand he grew up in, in the Northeast, but, I mean, there's lots of guys who grow up in the South, and they're not, and they're better on bank grass than Bermuda or vice versa. Um, and what's funny is that, yes, he finished second. He played great. He lost strokes putting of the week, <laughs> including I think he lost four strokes putting on Friday, which cost him the win, by the way. But I, I think I am saying, I think on the Monday show, I need to recalibrate my opinion of Cam Young. I, I do. I, th- I think what's been tricking up with him, uh, with me with him, it's just his iron numbers just haven't been very good all year. Um, they were about average for like about, about average for the PG Tour. I mean, it, it he was doing everything basically off the tee and putting on basically non-bent services up until that point. So I was wondering if that was going to translate here. Uh, it did. Um, I actually ended up getting on him at 60 to one on Friday and that kind of ended up working. It kind of was a pretty stress-free Sunday for me because I had Homa Fitzpatrick, Keegan and, um, and Fitz, uh, and young tickets <laughs> just hadn't in. So felt pretty good about, it. but again, like I'm not, I can't take credit for Max Homa winning, even though it helped me because I said he was going to suck before the tournament. No tout cash for me. Doesn't count. Um, but what does count is that is now my fourth straight tournament with a pre-tournament second place finisher. Um, at some point that's going to end, uh, either I'm just going to have a horrific betting card where no one is in the mix or I'm just going to nail the winner and, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be the PGA, uh, when there's more eyeballs on me and, uh, maybe I got a little more bets on down. So yeah, we'll see. But, um, overall this tournament. I like TBC Potomac. I know the weather kind of made everything a little bit of chaos, but um, I enjoyed it. I thought that it challenged these guys even with um, some decent uh, weather conditions on Thursday. It kind of reminded me of a little bit Murphy Village and the fact that, yeah, it's manageable. If, you, if you're playing well, you can do, you know, you can put up a decent number, but uh, if you don't have it, you're going to get exposed. And this golf course kind of, you know, 
lived up to the billing. Um, there's definitely a few golf courses on the PGA Tour that I would not mind um, replacing with TPC Potomac, which is shocking because I'm actually boosting a TPC golf course. I usually don't do that. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the golf course. I hope we see it again. Uh, we probably won't because this is going to go back to Quail Hollow uh, next year. We'll see. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the tournament. Uh, it helps I made some money, but I thought uh, it went well. And now we're going to go to uh, a tournament that, even though it's got some star power to it, which I'll get to in a little bit, um, that venue doesn't really inspire a whole lot of uh, excitement for me, which I'll describe after the ad break. All right, let's first talk about WinBet. So make sure you get down to WinBet's $50 win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same-game parlays with the Win's own build-your-own bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three-plus-leg build-your-own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. There's so much more to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit winnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's transition to uh, the AT&T Byron Nelson. And I, I think for years, this thing has really struggled to gain a foothold on the PGA Tour schedule. Uh, it's been bounced around at a bunch of golf courses, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, it's typically been the week before the PGA, which usually you see guys want to play, but you know, I mean, it's, it's in Texas, it's in May, it's just, you know, it's hot. Why would you want to really go there? Uh, I mean, AT&T ponies up a lot of big bucks for sponsoring a bunch of golf tournaments, not it's Pebble beach and, um, uh, you know, they have their name attached to uh, TBC San Antonio. Uh, there's a lot of money in there. There's, they got, you know, obviously a sponsor this tournament. And it seems like guys, you know, find any excuse to basically skip this event. Well, it's not happening this year. And I don't know if it's just because the PGA Championship next week is at Southern Hills, which is in Oklahoma, and just a short drive up the highway, whatever that is, to Tulsa. Uh, this field is stacked. It is a really, it's a legit field this year. It's way better than last year. And that's something that's kind of throwing me through a loop that I'll talk about a little bit as far as I try to handicap this thing. But uh, let's go over the headliner, the the big show. And I don't think he's ever been the big show at a tournament before. And I mean, obviously now we have to include him. It's Scotty Scheffler, uh, Texas guy. I think you're going to hear that narrative a whole lot this uh this week, but he is unquestionably the best golfer right now on the planet. I mean, obviously he's ranked number one, but sometimes, you know, you see guys are ranked number one who really aren't playing the best of anybody. I mean, he's won what four times in the last seven starts. All those wins have been great, including the masters. He is looks kind of unstoppable right now. Uh, and I think you're also going to hear that. Well, his first win came out of time. Weiss, Tom Weisskopf golf course, which maybe Craig ranch also a Tom Weisskopf. So he's going to be a heavy favorite. You're probably going to hear a lot about him this week. Um, and there are notable in the field, Justin Thomas. It's hard to believe that he hasn't won uh, since last year's Players' Championship, considering he's been playing really well. Just a lot of consistent golf. 
really good ball striking. The putting is starting to turn around with him. Like a, a win is going to come very soon for JT. Maybe it comes this week. He has tended to win. It's kind of a dumb narrative, but it's technically true. He has tended to win uh, a few tournaments. He has won, not tended. He has won a few tournaments before a major a few times in his career. Uh, I know he won Bridgestone, I think, a couple times. He's won uh, at TBC Southwind. Um, I think there's another one where he might have won as well uh, on the eve of the major. So maybe that, you know, he's get, like, we're always talking about if motivation is going to be a factor for a lot of these guys. Are they just here for a tune-up? Are they here to actually win? You would think if they're actually showing up to a golf course, unless there's some sponsorship commitment, they want to win and play well. Maybe he's one of those guys that is still going to go all out uh, and not just cash a check. And then our nobles in the field, you got Jordan Spieth, you got Dustin Johnson, Sam Burns, who played very well here last year, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, and Brooks Kepka. Kepka is the interesting one. Um, you always want to watch how he does the week before a major to see where his health is. Now, last year, he kind of threw people through a loop. Uh, he missed the cut at the Byron Nelson, but he ended up hitting the ball pretty well, at least with his irons off tees. Scramble put it awful. Uh, but then he went to Kiowa the next week at the PGA Championship and finished second. He was in the final group of Phil. Um, so that's one to watch with him. He, I don't know. I, I, something's kind of off with him. Uh, I know we haven't seen him since the Masters, but I don't know if like just all these injuries have kind of piled up or what's going on, but. I just I don't feel like he's that big bad anymore. And maybe I'm going to eat my words next week at Southern Hills, which I feel like is, I mean, if he's obviously firing all cylinders, he can win there. I mean, there's a Gus National concert very good there. Uh, it's going to be, it's probably going to play pretty tough. Um, you know, he plays pretty tough golf courses pretty well. And I, I just, I don't see that, like, that, like, it just doesn't seem like he's firing for the last, like, year at least. So, I don't know. I'm going to be watching him closely um, and see what he does this week. So, all right, let's talk about the golf course. So, like I mentioned earlier, this has been a tournament that's kind of struggled to find itself over the last few years. It's it's one of the oldest tournaments on the PGA Tour. It debuted in 1944, but just over the years, it's been hosted a, at over a dozen uh, golf courses in the Dallas Metroplex area. Um, finally, I think back in, like, the early 2000s or mid 2000s, it found a stable home at TBC Four Seasons at Las Colinas. It was there for at least a decade, um, but then they decided to move it again. Uh, they ended up moving to Trinity Forest, which is a core and Crenshaw design. I I really liked uh, Trinity Forest. I liked what it that it would just it looked different from everything we kind of see every week. It was wide. There was a lot of like good land movement, tee to green, crazy bunkering too. It just looked different. It looked fun and adventurous, especially for a tournament that kind of needed juice. Well, um, unfortunately, the pros hated it, except for the Australians, who basically love that style of golf. They always played well at Trinity Forest. Uh, everybody else, like a Matt Kuchar, who prefers the CBC Las Colinas, um, hated it. So, and I, in fairness to the naysayers, it was very hard to get to. I mean, it was on the site of an old uh, uh, basically a, a, a landfill that they built the golf course on top of. There was also no protection from the sun, so people, and it was oppressively hot, and people were just, like, I think there were stories about people having heat strokes 
um, going to Trinity Forest and watching the golf tournament where there's just no protection. So uh, they end up moving away from there, tragically. Uh, and then they end up going to TBC Craig Ranch. Uh, it was the Byron. They were going to originally go there in 2020. COVID canceled it, basically canceled everything between like April and June. Uh, and then 2021, it actually made its debut on the PGA Tour. So let's talk about TBC Craig Ranch for a second. I uh, first opened 2004, it was designed by Tom Weisskopf. Um, Weisskopf had a very successful stint as a professional golfer. He's he won the 1973 Open Championship World Trinity, he won 16 times on the PGA Tour. Uh, but he also, after his playing days, he basically got a knack for golf architecture and he developed himself into a pretty successful architect. Um, his first course, he named it after um, the place where he won the Open Championship at Truman Country Club in Arizona. Uh, the only notable work, uh, other work of a Tom Weisskopf on the PGA Tour that we've seen is TBC Scottsdale, where we know is the home for the Waste Manager Phoenix Open. Uh, and he restored the North Course at Torrey Pines. Actually, he did a pretty good job of it. Um, so let's talk about like this golf course just on its face. And it has, I'll start with some positives. Uh, last year, I was pretty critical of it. Um, I, I, I reviewed again the drone video of the golf course, and I, I, I'm not saying I'm, I was unfair of my take, um, but there's some good there's some good things going for it. Um, it does have some interesting topography. Basically, there is a Rollet Creek, a uh, a creek that runs that basically bisects the property, and appears on a lot of holes. Uh, it's a pretty not I wouldn't say stunning, but it's got interesting views of the creek and the creek beds. And it gives the golf course some natural like looks as far as like there's ravines and creeks like it. It looks good, um, but the creek doesn't really come to play a whole lot at the golf tournament. Um, on a lot of holes, it takes some serious effort, not from like guys like us, but from the professionals to like it takes a huge miss in order to find one of these creeks. I think it only really comes into play on like one nine maybe 18 um but otherwise it's either right by the tee box or it's like 30 40 50 yards right of the fairway like unless you're hitting like a huge slice or a huge hook like you're not finding it so um the creek even though it looks like eye candy it doesn't really come to play a whole lot um other than that though tea to green doesn't really have a whole lot of interesting things going for it. Um, like I said, there's some interesting land. There's a little bit of land movement. You know, you can have some uneven lies in some of the fairways, but overall, the routing is pretty vanilla. Um, as is the bunker, it's pretty bland. Actually, there's a lot of bunkers on this golf course. I think hole number six is it's technically a drivable. Uh, I think that's that hole. It's 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 drivable. I think it's like 340 yards, but there's like a billion bunkers around that golf. It's kind of an ugly hole. Uh, it's, I mean, Weisskopf is known to have a drivable par four. Um, and everybody wants to think about 17 at, at Scottsdale, which it's a fun hole. I wouldn't say it's the best design hole, but it's, it's a fun, memorable hole. And this one is just, oof. I don't know. I don't really like it. But um, anyways, this golf course is very just, it's all in front of you. There's not a whole lot of tricks to it. And that's by design. Tom Weisskopf doesn't really like to build. He tends to build no-nonsense golf courses, and he's admitted this. A lot of his designs are very subtle. They're straightforward. They're predictable. And he's on record even saying, like, you know, he doesn't really want to uh, have golf courses with a lot of interesting features, like, you know, like blind shots or stuff like that, because 
uh, of liability, he says. Basically, he doesn't want anybody getting hit. And listen, as a CPA, I can appreciate uh, reducing your liabilities, but uh, not on the golf course. Um, as a fan, I want to see some of those you know, dramatic, daring types of shots. And you're not really getting it here. Everything's not really all in front of you. So, um, so other than the at t Byron Nelson in 2021, uh, the only other professional tournament this the golf course held was on the Corn Ferry Tour. Basically, at, back then it was known as Nationwide. Uh, but it held the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. Uh, held in 2008. Uh, some notable top finishes in 2008 were Mark Leishman and Webb Simpson. Uh, and then in t- 2012, you had James Hahn, Adam Hadwin, Russell Henley, Luke Lewis. They all finished at the top three. So, unless, so the, that's all we have to go by this golf course. We have last year's Byron Nelson, which hand, from a handicapping perspective, we'll t- I'll talk about it, is a little bit of a challenge trying to figure out if that's going to be applicable this year. You have some decades-old Corn Ferry uh, data, which I think actually James Hahn ended up being like a really popular pick last year because – I finished second of the golf course. I think he actually he might have missed the cut. Um, yeah, he missed the cut. <laughs> that's, you know, I guess that shows. So, um, anyways, that's all we have for this place. Um, why don't we take another break and then we'll actually start breaking down some uh, golf course strategies? So, let's talk about Manscaped. And, Fellas, have you guys started spring cleaning yet? You know, the carpets are getting clean, the drapes are getting dusting. I, I actually ended up doing a bunch of spring cleaning up in my backyard, uh, mowing and weeding, uh, planting some new grass seed, and spring has sprung. And the global leaders in below the waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. And it's time to quit your winter bush and join the other four million men around the world who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off of free shipping code with SGP. You know, Manscaped, it's got the full package, you know, at this time of year, like, you know, in order to keep your lady happy. Uh, It's got the performance package 4.0. It's the only tool you need to keep your boys looking, you know, and looking and feeling, looking, feeling and smelling like fresh tulips uh, that your partner wants, especially on Mother's Day, by the way. You know, you want to make sure she's happy today. Um, You know, so start off your spring cleaning with Manscaped, you know, the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Get the most precise shave around all the nooks and crannies down there. Uh, and it's also waterproof, so you don't need to worry about taking it in the shower and having it, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, you know, conk out on you. And it's equipped with an LED light, so you know exactly where you're, you know, edging down there. So, you know, you can also clear your holes and smell the spring air with a weed whacker. Uh, this nose and ear hair, hair trimmer provides uh, proprietary skin-safe technology that helps with nicks, snags, tugs, most delicate holes. Uh, and you can finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, a perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using a lawnmower 4.0 on, you know, down there, uh, it, oh, I'm sorry, if you're using the if you're using the lawnmower on your face, well, what are you doing? It's actually pretty gross. So start your spring off with, uh, you know, start your spring with uh, the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Uh, Manscaped is partnered with uh, the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer uh, and men's health and early cancer detection. So, um, yeah, so this spring, get going on uh, maintaining your stuff down below and uh, go to manscaped.com. Use promo code SGP for 20% off and free shipping with promo code SGP. All right, let's uh, go over betting strategies after that. Um, so let me be honest with the uh, the listeners, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, that I don't have a great handle this week 
on how to handicap this event. It's for a few reasons. It mostly has to do with the field strength this year. And if that is actually going to impact or change what works last year on the golf course. So before we get into any of that, uh, let's start with um, just some general nuts and bolts about the golf course. So as I mentioned earlier, um, actually, I did not mention this. I actually saved it for this part. Uh, so the agronomy at TBC Craig Ranch, it's, it's unique. It features a grass that you don't really see a whole lot in PJ Tour. So the fairways are zoysia. And that is a spongy grass. It's a member of the Pella family. It's a very hardy grass, very thick grass. Um, it spreads very easily. It's actually a grass that ends up choking out a lot of weeds. It's actually a very popular grass, even though we don't see a lot on PGA Tour. It's a very popular grass for like munis because it's low maintenance, doesn't require a whole lot of water. And like I said, it chokes out naturally. It just because it grows so fast, it chokes out weeds. It does a lot of the job for a lot of these maintenance guys. Uh, and I, the one thing about it, it's it's spongy, but it also, if a ball is sitting on it, it's it's a really good lie. Kind of like with Kukuli, the ball kind of sits up a little bit. Uh, it just you're going to get really good contact playing off of Zoysia, uh, especially from the fairway there. Off the fairway, you have Bermuda Rough. It's two and a half inches. That's some, something you don't really want to be in. And Bankgrass Green. So you have a little bit of everything here. Uh, like I mentioned that this isn't really an agronomy combination. We see a whole lot. The last time we saw something like this was the 2018, uh, PG championship at Bell Reeve in St. Louis. That also features Zoysia fairways and Bermuda rough and, and, uh, Bankgrass greens. Other than that though, the only other place with Zoysia, uh, you had it at Trinity forest, but that was a few years ago. And that golf course is not comparable to this place. Um, and you have it at TBC Southwind which that has Zoysia Ferries breed around. That's the only real crossover there. But again, that's not really a great comp in this way as far as that place is a lot more penal and it's narrower and you're not hitting driver a whole lot at TBC South. So, you know, I mean, unless you find, you know, guys who might be, I don't know, comfortable playing off of Zoysia, I don't know how you would find that because it's just such a small sample size. I don't know. Um, as far as yardage, the golf course can be set up as long as 7,458 yards. Uh, the greens are on average about 6,800 square feet in area. That's pretty large for PG Tour standards. Last week at TBC Potomac, they were, I think, 4,400 square feet in area. This is 6,800 square feet. Big greens. That's part of the reason why I think the green regulation percentage last year was over 70%. Um, and, but let's go back to the yardage for a second. So even though it plays, it can play as long as 7,458 yards. Last year, the PGA Tour did not set up TBC Craig Ranch to be nearly that long. Um, the average yards that we was only about 7,252 yards, so about 200 yards shorter. Um, and the, I think the last two rounds, the golf course was under 7,100 yards or under 7,200 yards. So it played really short for a par 72. They definitely did not set this up to be very difficult. And it showed the winning score was 25 under. Um, and last year too, it rained a whole lot. There were soft conditions. It was a very easy golf course. Now, the question I have is, I see that this is going to be, it can be a maximum of 7,458. They only set up to be about 7,200 yards. Are they going to do that again? Are they going to just set this up really easy? I don't know. 
I mean, I'm not at the PGA Tour. I'm not an insider. I don't know how, exactly right now as I sit here on Sunday night what the yards will be. Um, but I do know that the weather conditions will make it play at least a little more difficult this year. Uh, as I mentioned, last year they got a lot of rain. Uh, this year they haven't really gotten a whole lot of rain in the Dallas area. There also might be a little bit more wind this uh, this time around. So I don't think 2,500 is going to win the tournament like it did last year. But, I, you know, and I posted a, uh, a drone video, basically a hole by hole. It's actually really useful. Um, uh, and I watched it a couple times. And my opinion of this place from last year was just kind of as dull and bland. And I, I watched the video. I'm correct on it. It's This is not going to be very – it might be challenging for guys like us. Uh, but for the professionals, I don't think no matter what the weather conditions are going to be, unless it's just crazy 40-mile-per-hour winds, I think I think they're going to rip this place up. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a challenge. And it's for a few reasons. The fairways are really wide. Um, you know, you got the Zoysia fairways that – are really nice to hit off of too. It's spongy. So um, the ball, I don't think is really going to go a whole lot. It's not going to roll out as much. It's going to roll out more because it's play a little firm, but the Zoysia is still going to kind of, I think, slow it down a little bit. Greens are really big. Even though the greens might play a little firmer this year, I think because when you got really big greens uh, and guys may hit them from the fairway a whole lot, uh, which I expect again this year, um, guys will be able to spin the ball, stop it. Uh, and the greens, and this is actually very apparent from the video that um, I posted on my article. Um, there does not seem like there's a whole lot of contours on the green. They're very large. They're very flat, though. Um, and anytime you get a professional golfer with an iron in hand in the fairway to a green that is relatively flat, there's going to be a ton of birdie. So while I don't think the winning score is going to be 25 under because of the weather conditions, like high teens, minus 20 on the dot, I think that's very reasonable. I think it's feasible. And I, I think, again, we're going to see 70%, you know, driving accuracy rates, you know, high 60s, low 70s, green regulation rates. I, I think these guys are going to beat this place up again. So with that said, let's look at the relative skill set chart. Uh, and this is only from 2021, and I'll get to why this might be a little misleading. So from last year, and looking at the top of the leaderboard, it does not seem like there's a good correlation between bombers who are long and inaccurate and shore hitters who are pretty accurate. Very low correlation between those types. Uh, and it doesn't really seem like based on the Sheriff's game data from last year, um, you weren't really separating a whole lot. Um, Based on performance off the tee, and that makes sense when you got really wide fairways. You know that everyone's hitting the fairway at that point. So, how how much? I mean, unless you're just bombing it past everybody, how much of an advantage do you really have over other people when you're hitting a fairway versus when others aren't? Because it's just very wide corridors and everything's out in front of you. Um, so you know there was though a pretty high, not a high correlation, but there was a higher than average correlation of better iron players, better scramblers, and better punters. And that kind of makes sense given, well, if everybody's hitting from the fairway, then it comes come down to what you do from there. So, and if you look at how guys separate themselves on the leaderboard last year at the Byron Nelson, most of the top players who performed the best with their irons for the week and putted the best 
did the best. And that's expected when the winning score is 25 under and the cut line is what, five under or six under what it was last year. It's a birdie fest. And at that point, it's going to come down to, all right, can you stuff your irons close and can you hit the putt? Pretty simple formula. But so here's the problem though, that, and this has been vexing me, is that all this skill set chart shows is, all right, often he performance didn't really matter. You know, you got, you know, above average iron players, above average around the green, above average players. Well, that tends to be the profile of maybe an above average PGA Tour player where they're not all that strong off the tee, but they kind of do some of those other things really well or a weaker player where they're just really good scramblers and putters. Um, you don't usually get like guys who like an average or below average player, Pete Green, who hits it a long ways, but just can't make any putts. I mean, there's you know, shout out Luke List, you know, they're basically one of the only ones. But um, what concerns me is you're we're gonna look at that leaderboard in the skill set chart, and we're gonna make some conclusions about the type of profile of player we want. But the problem is we're in a significantly stronger field this year that had much different attributes. Mostly, they're much better off the tee than a lot of these guys. So is off the tee performance actually going to matter a little more this year? I mean, like, everything's really on front of you, and you get a driver pretty much all day at this place. There's a few holes where you have to club down, but for the most part, if you just have a really good week with your driver and kind of setting up some shorter approach shots, maybe off the tee is actually going to matter more. So I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it as far as if that's going to matter more just because it's a stronger field. I just am concerned because that's the relative skill set chart is something I rely on a lot. And I think a lot of people do, you know, from data golf. And it might not matter because the field strength is just so much better. And they're and when you have a better field, typically they're just better ball strikers, better off the tee and and what showed last year was off the tee performance didn't really matter. Well, maybe that might matter a little more. That's the long way of saying what we saw last year might not really be indicative between the weather conditions and just the better talent in this field. I don't know if it's really going to hold by looking at last year. And that's one of my concerns. And, and there's a couple other things that concern me about, you know, looking last year that I will talk about after the break. All right, we're also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? So with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. That, again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's roll right along. Uh, let's do a couple other things uh, before we wrap this up. So another popular thing I like to use uh, when I like handicapping a tournament is the approach shot distribution, distribution chart, excuse me, um, from data golf. Very useful at identifying what type of yards these guys are hitting from. And I went on a spiel in my last podcast about how proximity sets are very overrated and misleading. 
Um, especially when it comes to when we try and categorize these guys as good or bad based on like how it fits the golf courses. Well, I made reference to Scotty Scheffler, who historically has not been a very good long iron player, but all his wins zero have been basically places where you gotta hit your long iron. Go figure. So let's have a pro shot distance chart. And usually it's very helpful. Uh, the one that got spit out from the 2021 Byron Nelson is not helpful at all. Uh, the first thing I noticed, and this is in my article, the first thing you know is that there are above average rates of approach shots from 200 plus than the future average. But it only makes up about 37% of the total approach shots for the entire round. Like, that's not enough of a sample size at all to rely on. If you're just going to take 200 plus this week, you're only going to capture one out of the three shots these guys are hitting. So, like, in order to get like I think a a range that I'm comfortable with, you basically got to go from 125 plus. That covers about 85 percent of your shots. If you want to take it from 150 plus, that's about 70 percent of your shots. But like, that's a huge range. And I guess if you are someone who really likes to rely on proximity, I guess you could do 150 plus. And then there's another thing I'm concerned about with, as far as relying on this from last year. So as mentioned earlier, golf course conditions last year were really soft. Seems like the ball was just kind of hitting the turf and not going anywhere. Well, if the ball, if the fairway is going to be a little firmer this year, the ball is going to roll out a little more. It's also going to be hot as hell. I think the temperature is going to be 90 plus every single day. Ball's going to be flying off the tee. I think the driving distance average this year is going to be huge, especially with the firm fairway. So I think you're actually going to be seeing some of those 200-plus shots maybe shift more towards like 150 to 175, 175-200, and maybe that's the range you want to focus on. But it seems like just in general, there's a pretty even distribution of approach shot distances at this golf course. So I'm already gun shy to use proximity stats just in general. I'm probably not using it and using any this week. I'm probably just going to look at strokes gain approach and just look for guys who are kind of trending up with it. And that's it. Uh, and then comp courses. That's only the popular thing. Um, you know, trying to figure out what this golf course is like. Uh, I remember last year um, I tried to make the comparison about TBC Scottsdale. And while Cage Lee was a great crossover between Scottsdale and um, and TBC Craig Ranch because of the Tom Weisskopf connections, I, not many other guys on that leaderboard had a whole ton of success at Scottsdale in there. And maybe that's just because it's one year. But the, I remember, I think that was the biggest one I was looking at. And I mean, I got crushed last year at the Byron Nelson. Uh, and Scottsdale didn't really work. Um, if you go to data golf and try and look at you, there's the course fit, um, tool that basically takes the relative skill set chart of TBC's Craig ranch from last year. And then compares the different golf courses around the PG tour. Well, you'll have, you'll go not the only two golf courses in their top 10 that actually is a regular PG tour stop is Pebble beach, which I would not describe as this place. I think the only comparison between Pebble Beach and this place is that they're really wide fairways, generally have um, pretty high uh, drive accuracy rates. Other than that, though, that's a short course. Um, yeah, you're using driver a little more than you think there, but a lot of shorter approach shots. That doesn't seem like that's here. Uh, different agronomy, too. Uh, and TBC Southwind, which I guess there's the Zoysia uh, angle as far as if you're looking at that. 
You know, I, I mean, there was Berger, Burns. Um, I think Spieth has some good finishes at TBC South when Charles Schwartzel does too. He was up there on the leaderboard. Um, other than that, though, it, it, it really, I didn't find very good comps to anybody, any golf course uh, on the PGA Tour. I think maybe the only the closest you could do is try and look for golf courses that, you know, yield, I guess, pretty low scores in general, or just have high driver accuracy rates, high birdie rates. I know it's not really perfect between each golf course, but I think if you're just, maybe if you want to do a comp course where the goal is I have to score a ton, maybe that's the trick. Maybe that's the ticket. Um, other than that, though, I'm probably not looking at comp courses, though, at all. And kind of wrap this whole thing up. I just mentioned, like, uh, like, and this is why I'm kind of in a weird place. Like, all my favorite tricks and tools as far as, like, what I like using before a tournament to try and, like, differentiate between guys, I think it's flawed this week just because of, I think we're getting different weather conditions, different golf course conditions, and a much stronger field that I don't really trust what I saw in 2021 is actually applicable this year. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just not going to mess around. I'm just going to take a look at how you've been doing. Are you trending up? Are you trending down? Trying to match value as far as like, you know, looking at the odds board, seeing guys are underpriced that might be playing a little better than what, you know, you know, the odds would suggest kind of like you should be doing anyways, but I think I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to mess around with proximity. I'm not going to mess around with comp courses. I think the only thing I might use, like maybe bent grass putting, uh, just see how those guys are. Um, but that's it. I, I'm not really, I'm not going to try and galaxy brain myself into something this week. I think I'm just going to take solid players and hope it works out. So, all right, let's take one more break and we'll close out the show. Let's talk about IB Vanish. So did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without ad security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish, a VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling to the wrong hands. Even physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on limited devices without sacrificing your on speed. And you can use it on your computers, your tablets, your phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're using streaming media. Where I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. It's a hell of a deal, guys. And it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand-rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. You go to ipvanish.com slash so SGP and use the promotional code SGP and claim your 7% off savings. It's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right, that's it. Uh, I I think if you guys listen to my betting strategies, I think you came with because I don't really have a strategy this week. I think I'm just going to take solid players. Um, before I go, though, uh, so it's Mother's Day. And uh, I just want to... You know, maybe take a little message out to, first of all, all the mothers out there. Uh, you do a hell of a job. And, you know, I don't think you get the credit for that you really deserve, that you really should deserve sometimes. I mean, you guys work so hard raising kids. 
And us guys, sometimes we're buffoons. <laughs> knowing what our kids need, like, you know, knowing where they need to be, appointments, meetings, all that stuff. And, and moms are the ones that really keep the trains on the rails. And, and my wife is no exception to that. Um, she's wonderful. She is such a good mom, uh, especially for our young daughter, you know, just knowing what she needs, you know, knowing, you know, what her day to day schedule is, you know, planning stuff for her, making sure she's always there for her. And, you know, she's not just a great mom, she's a great wife. Um, I don't think I've ever told this to anybody, uh, at least on the air, but, uh, so I had, uh, before I came to SGP, I had my own independent blog and no one was reading it. Um, it was a Sherman Air Sports blog.com. It's kind of a dumb name. I think it's actually still active. You guys want to actually go search for it. Crap I was right about back in 2015, 2016. Mostly it's a lot of Syracuse Orange stuff, and there was some golf stuff too. Uh, it was mostly college basketball and fans football and all that stuff. Anyways, um, eventually I just gave up on it. No one was reading it. And then I saw that there was actually a, a call um, to for writers at SGP. And I was about to get married. And I was in a pretty good place in my job, my life and everything. And, you know, I, but I wasn't sure if I really wanted to, you know, actually go back into writing again. You know, write about golf. I talked to my wife and, and, and she was just like, what are you doing? This is what you really want to do. You should absolutely do it. And, you know, I asked her some questions as far as like, all right, well, I might, you know, I might have, you know, a little busier, you know, nights because of it. And she's been so supportive all these years. Now it's been five years since I've been doing this. She's been my number one fan. Uh, my number one booster as far as, you know, all my stuff, you know, making sure that, well, you know, like I'm still taking family time for us, but if I need to go do my thing, I need to go bang out a column, bang out a podcast. She's understanding. She's been cool with it. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for, you know, helping raise our beautiful daughter, giving her everything she needs. Thanks for being so supportive of me. And, uh, I love you, honey. Happy Mother's Day. So with that, um, Thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, a, the DFS show. Just Boston Capper and I going over the Byron Nelson. A much better field than I anticipated. I thought we were going to really go dumpster diving and you know try and justify, I don't know, Tommy Ganey or, I don't know, Robert Garrigus or something down in the 6,000s. We're actually going to have some pretty good guys in the $6,000 range this, this year. It's going to be fun. So uh, for myself, Steve Shermer, thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow.